Hi, I'm Nkola Kajikwendu and I'm part of the growth and strategy team at SAP Concur. My role focuses on our extended services, such as audit, looking at how we can evolve and grow these services to provide continuing support and value to our customers. I'm joined today by my colleague, Emily. Thank you. So my name is Emily Gosling and I'm an audit consultant here at SAP Concare. This is a brand new role um, which just opened this year and it really is to help deliver the benefits of the audit service. So that can be through audit demonstrations, uh, general overviews, webinars and podcasts just like what we're doing today. And so with that, we would like to welcome you to our very first audit podcast. Some of you that are listening may already know or be familiar with the audit service, but for those of you who aren't, audit is one of our services that sits alongside the expense management solution. So the audit service helps give our customers greater visibility into spend by checking that relevant documentation has been attached to support the expenditure that's going through. And whilst reviewing the receipt for accuracy, the audit service can also scrutinise the receipt details to ensure that the cost only includes values which are in line with the customer's expense policy. A typical example would be where audit customers ask us to look for additional costs, such as laundry or perhaps minibar or even spa charges on a hotel bill. When we think about um, meal or entertaining receipts, customers also typically ask us to look and make sure that that receipt is fully itemised to show the specific meal charges so that there is clear visibility into the alcohol or the tip charges included in the claim. The specific type of checks that are carried out are tailored to the customer's own expense policy. So the checks that are carried out are in line with the customer's wants and needs, all of which are discussed with the customer during the order onboarding process. So Inconica mentioned some of our most popular checks, but for today's podcast, we're actually going to focus on how the service has adapted um, through the, the current month. So due to the recent events, um, we've all had to adapt in some way, shape or form. And whilst we do want to thank all of the key workers out there, we do also want to recognise and appreciate everyone who's had to adapt. We know that, mm -hmm. you know, working differently, it, it can be hard. Absolutely. And speaking of adjustments, Emily, one of the things that has changed for you during lockdown is that you actually started a new role. So firstly, congratulations on your new role. Secondly, well done. <laughs> Secondly, well done. Um, we've worked on quite a few initiatives since you've started your new role. And um, I think I can say you're doing a great job. However, I would like to ask you to put aside your new role and. Um, for the moment, put on the hat of your old role so that we can talk about some of your experiences in the run up to and of course during um, lockdown. Perhaps you could even start by just telling us a little bit about your previous role. Yeah, of course. So as a client service specialist, or you may hear us refer to it as a CS for short, um, my role was to be an assigned point of contact for our existing audit customers. So for me personally, I had a one-on-one -on -one relationship with around 150 clients, and that involved um, general audit queries, 
reporting, so being able to evaluate um, trends and behaviours, but also policy or audit check amendments as well. Um, and that's something we have definitely seen a lot of prior to and during lockdown as well. Thank you, Emily. Um, I know that you can't disclose customer names, but would you be able to share some examples of the types of changes that you've been helping our audit customers with? Yeah, yeah. So um, we actually had uh, one particular client who was very much on the ball. Um, so they actually introduced a temporary policy prior to the lockdown. And that was, of course, to support um, you know the changes that were, were were happening around the world and so one uh, there were two major major things that they actually changed first off um they actually were allowing work from home equipment now um so that included things like um desk equipment just general it equipment and things like that um but then also because there is now a bit of downtime you know no one's really traveling so they actually took this opportunity to reduce their limits as well so you know, let's say, for example, they initially allowed £10 for breakfast. They've now reduced that to £5. The second example I have um, is slightly different. There wasn't a policy change or, um, you know, a brand new temporary policy in place. It was just that actually this particular company expect their end users to keep their receipts in the office. Now, of course, the office is closed because of the current situation. And so with that, they are allowing comments in substitute of a missing receipt so that their employees can still get reimbursed. Some interesting examples, Emily. Thank you very much for that. Let's explore some of those changes a little further. So I was thinking, first of all, um, with regards to the work from home equipment, I think it's really easy um, to see why that was quite an important change, um, helping to support employees as they transition to, to working from home. I know personally, I, the conversations I've had with friends, colleagues as well, where you've kind of like been juggling, you know, how many books do you put on your laptop to get yourself um, comfortable? Thinking about the meal limits, this was also an interesting one for me because I've always associated the spend limits to the system audit checks that can be built on the front end of the system rather than something that the audit team would um, carry out. Is that still um, a check that's available? Yeah, yeah, so you are correct. Um, generally, our customers will follow the route of having spend limits um, put in as a systematic audit rule because then they're obviously able to capture it prior to submission. But obviously the example that I, I gave you, there are still some customers that would prefer to have the manual check in place. So either or is fine. Um, we can accommodate either the systematic audit rule or a manual check. Super, thanks for that, Emily. Okay, so this organisation has set up a temporary policy this week in the UK, we have started to see some non-essential shops or businesses now start to reopen. So hopefully that means we're on a, on a trajectory to returning back to, to normal or the new normal. Um, so how easy or difficult would it be for the customer to revert back to their previous policy? It's very easy. I mean, all that they would need to do really is to get into contact with their assigned CS and arrange um, a date or you know a particular time that they would like to revert back to the old policy. And it really is just a matter of a couple of clicks for the, the CS. But of course, as you mentioned, you know, we could be facing this new normal, which could be completely different. And so actually, 
the temporary policy may well be more relevant. And so with that, you know, if they decided to stick with the new temporary policy, it could just be a case of making a few uh, minor adjustments prior um, to obviously going back to this, this normal and having that one as the indefinite policy to follow. So either way, it's actually quite flexible and, and, and easy to um, maintain or, or modify if needed. Yeah, definitely. And so off the back of that, um, in your opinion, would you say flexibility is the, the key value of, of the audit service? I would say, yeah, absolutely. I would say that it's a key value of the audit service, Emily. Over the years, um, the number of customers that we support has grown incredibly and the ability to adapt and be flexible to meet customer needs has been really important in that growth. If I was to think about what my favourite part of the audit service is, um, it's probably more the personal um, element because my role often means that I'm working with people in the audit team to explore new audit checks and um, that often means expanding that individual's work scope or responsibilities and so um, the enthusiasm, the keenness, the diligence um, to these tasks, that is what resonates to me and um, so yeah I would say that's one of them. working with the team is one of my favourite parts. <laughs> I'm going to turn oh, that back lovely. on you. <laughs> What's one of your favourite parts of the audit service? I think for me, obviously, I'm always there from the customer's perspective. So for me, I think it's definitely seeing the pain points that they initially had being released, you know, through that external audit service. I mean, it's not only, you know, that we're able to check for non-compliance, but, you know, they're getting that relationship with, the assigned point of contact who's able to help you with best practice suggestions, making those amendments that you need, but also being able to report, evaluate your trends over time and things like that. So all of those elements combined, you know, definitely help the, the process reduce that pain point. And that's definitely my favourite part. Absolutely. Seeing how you have made a difference is always incredibly rewarding. Thank you for sharing that. Thinking back again to our, our topic points, um, the review of the policy of the, of the company's expense policy, would you say that that is now an ideal time to, to kind of review the expense policy? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, whether the changes might be for the current situation in a temporary view, or even if organisations are looking to actually amend and perhaps tighten their controls, I think now is definitely a beneficial time. Uh, you know, you can then input or you can either set it live or you can have it in draft ready before you go back and your employees are returning back to work as normal. It's definitely now is a key time. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, part of that review helps you make sure that the controls you have in place, the processes you have in place are still relevant. Um, with the changes that have taken place around us. Well, Emily, thank you so much um, for sharing some of the experiences that you've been through. Because this is an audit podcast, we actually contacted our audit team and we have asked them to share some of the um, things that they've come across, not just um, during the, 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 the lockdown period, but over the, over the years, some of the interesting things that we've seen come through the audit service. Thank you, Emily, you had a great example to um, kick us off with. Yeah, so um, 
the first one we were we received what was an illegible receipt so um, the elements on the receipt weren't readable um, and the reason for this or the comment that the end user provided was that the dog had eaten their receipt. <laughs> Sorry, I was giggling. I've heard this before and um, it still gets me and I think the reason is that the last time I heard something like that I was probably at school still and um, <laughs> it was being used as a reason why someone couldn't hand in their homework. Um, but it's, when we think about where we are today as well, it's really, uh, it's incredibly relevant because, you know, you're working from home, maybe at the kitchen table, kids are trying to do their homework. Maybe it's the, the baby that grabs hold of the receipt or, um, you know, the dinner that goes over the receipt. Um, there are so many different reasons why that a document may become illegible, even when, you know, sometimes you put it into your wallet, and it's been there maybe a little while and um, when you take it out the ink's faded you know but the system allows you to um, capture that detail and I think that's a, a, an important piece to probably draw out um, in capturing that information you're then able to then review it and look for trends and then identify maybe where there may be individuals who are perhaps submitting um such comments on a habitual basis and 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 that might draw out non-compliant behavior you know that needs to to, to be addressed so thank yeah, you for that no, example. most definitely definitely thank you um and come on then let's hear your one because i know you've you've got one ready <laughs> i do this one actually comes from one of our colleagues uh in the us <clears throat> and uh the auditor actually had an ex a wedding dress included on expense claim. Now they had gone through the checks, so they looked at the date, the amount, the expense type, all of that looked appropriate. Um, but when the when the auditor looked at the description and they had seen a wedding dress, that didn't quite tie back to the customer's um, business. And so, although the claim did actually pass the audit process because it, it, it crossed off all of the checks. Um, the auditor did escalate that claim to actually a colleague in your previous role, Emily, to the to the customer's CS. And um, when the when the CS contacted the customer, the customer then contacted the employee and found that actually over a series of expense claims, the employee had submitted various costs of the wedding. And the rationale behind that <laughs> was that they had, uh, in the course of working for the company had become friends with some customers and had invited those friends, customers, to the wedding. And with that in mind, I thought, well, we might as well put in some of the costs through the expenses process. <laughs> that Bizarre, one, right? honestly, that just, it really shocks me, that one. <laughs> Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I've got one more. Um, so similar scenario in terms of the a valid receipt was provided um, so it was actually a Tesco's receipt and it was fully itemized so we were able to see all of the purchases on there uh, for your reference it was custard creams that they were purchasing but actually this end user went above and beyond and actually provided evidence of what a custard cream looked like so they had their picture of their receipt but also a picture of a custard cream now I'm not sure if they put that in there because they weren't sure if we knew what a custard cream looked like or if they were just trying to make us jealous 
I am partial to a custard cream, so um, <laughs> one. I have no idea, but that's a, a whole new take on providing um, um, supporting documentation. <laughs> no, but I mean, if you you know, if you actually think about the background of it, it it really is amazing how you know how many different things come through the expense system and not even in terms of the funny things that we've seen, but general allowable and non-allowable things, how different companies work. It, it's it is amazing to see those differences. Um, and I mean, you know, we've only shared a, a few examples. There's loads out there, but, you know, we don't have time to cover them all. And that really does pretty much cover the content that we had planned for today's podcast. And I've actually really enjoyed it. It's been great fun. I agree. It's been a pleasure, Emily. Um, you never know. We may even get an opportunity to do another one. Oh, I'd love to. Um, so thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did. Absolutely. Um, maybe just before we close, just to, to, to emphasise that if you are an existing audit customer, um, if you have any questions, then please don't hesitate to contact your CS. And if you're not an audit customer and perhaps you'd like to know more, then please contact your account manager. Um, but most importantly, uh, stay safe and keep well. And um, again, thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.